don't care who listening and who not listening. Y'all ready for this? Pacer pod, pacer pod, pacer pod, pacer pod. I don't know. That's like the only way I can get going here. It's been a little while since I recorded an episode and everything else, surprisingly, sounds worse than that. That's about the best I can do. But welcome. I'm excited record another episode of the Pacers pod. More than that, actually, I'm more excited for the season to start. And we are 10 weeks away or so. Let's see, it's August 11th. Uh, Eight weeks puts us at October 11th, two more weeks. So maybe nine weeks away from the opening uh, opening game for the Indiana Pacers. The uh, schedule hasn't come out yet, but it should be out pretty re- pretty soon. And so... We're, we're about to be there, you know, the roster's set for next year, um, the schedule will be coming out, training camps will probably start in about a month, and before you know it, you're going to wake up and it's going to be Pacer season again, and what a season this could be, and that's basically what I want to talk about tonight, uh, is, or this morning, or this afternoon, whatever, whatever time you're listening to this. But for me, it's tonight. And I want to talk about, you know, just how good or bad, but mostly good, could this Pacers team be next season? And I am, you know what, I, I mean, I'm very optimistic about this team. And I'm a homer. I love the Pacers. I love the, what we've done this offseason. And I have the feeling that the NBA is as open as it has been. Um, at, I mean, I, I can't even really think of a time when it wasn't more open because there are, there, there re- it's really hard to point to a super team like we've been able to do in the past. There's a lot of really good... I mean, I don't think we've ever had teams that have had such great superstars. So when you look at the Lakers, they obviously, you know, added Anthony Davis. So you're looking at LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, How are you going to stop either one of those guys? I mean, that could be a big problem. I'm not naive enough to think that the Pacers uh, should be favorited favorited over the Lakers. But when you look at the rest of the Lakers team, I mean, there's not much there that you really, really would really want to have. Um, but I'll take a team with Davis and, and LeBron for sure. You got the Clippers with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, they're a little bit better situation where they've got some other players with some talent. But Paul George is going to miss some time with an injury. Um, so just not a slam dunk. I guess the Clippers are probably the favorites to win the, the championship. Obviously, you still have Golden State. They lost Durant, but added D'Angelo Russell. But then Clay Thompson's going to be out this year. So, 
long story short, you know, there's there's a lot of parity in the league, I think, compared to what we've had in the past. I, I think that there is a chance that there could be a team that wins the championship this next year that nobody would have thought of to win. Um, I think there are, there's probably, I mean, people would probably say like Philadelphia 76ers, um, uh, you know, Clippers, Golden State, I don't know, Lakers. Uh, there's just a, it's a, it's a very interesting year, I think, uh, with the, you know, when, when Kawhi and the Raptors beat Golden State this past June and toppled the dynasty that was the Warriors, but then Kawhi left. And so it's not like it's not like Toronto is the favorite to win it this year, although they will be good. Um, but I think they potentially could be really bad. Uh, it just I, I think the landscape of the league next year is 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 kind of wide open. And I do think that there is a chance. And that's what I want to talk about this evening. Um, I'm not even going to say that the, the Pacers can win the championship. There is a chance that they could win a championship, but. I'm not saying that they will win a championship, but I just want to I just want to think about things that could happen for the Pacers that might lead them into a position where that they could compete for a championship. Um, I'll get to like by the time the season starts, I'll do like I'll do an episode or two where I talk about um, the prediction, like my predictions for the year. Like, oh, uh, so Vegas will set their over-unders, and I'll go through it. I'll just say, oh, I think, you know, I think the Raptors are going to go under this year. I think the Magic are going to go over this year. And then at that point, I'll make my final prediction for the Pacers. And who knows, by that time, I may have talked myself into um, the Pacers being the NBA champions. And if that's the case, then it makes sense that I have this podcast because I am a, I am a homer. I, uh, I am biased. And I think all of our guys are way better than everybody else. So with that being said, I just, you know, I miss the NBA. I, uh, I'm really, really excited for this season to start. Personally, uh, just the past two seasons have been awesome watching this, watching the Pacers, um, watching the foundation be laid that this team next season is going to build upon. And that was with, you know, obviously with Thad Young and Bojan Bogdanovic and Corey Joseph and even like Wesley Matthews last year, Darren Collison, as much as I hate to say it, uh, those guys alongside Victor and Domas and Miles created a culture, created um, an expectation. Uh, and can I give credit to Nate McMillan too? He was there as well. Basically, this, this, the, the, there was a new regime in Indiana once Paul George and Hibbert and West left. And they've they've overachieved the past two seasons. The first season, um, when Victor came out of nowhere, his first year in Indiana, made an all NBA team, all defensive team, led the Pacers to 48 wins, took Cleveland to seven games and almost beat the beat the team that ended up going to the finals. Um, Should have beat them had they called that goaltending. And then last year, you know, Pacers were off to a great start third in the East. And then Vic goes down with an injury, and every and and then you think that the team's going to crumble, but they don't. And it's because they, I, I think it's because you got the you got the coach, you've got the uh, culture, the the ownership, the management of the team, 
everybody expects to do things this certain way. And um, it's kind of like the Pacers are the Spurs of the East, where it, I, I shouldn't say that because it, it's only been three. This is this will be the third season, but there's an expectation that you know you're going to come in, you're going to play defense, you're going to work, um, and that's how it goes. And I think that this next season is just going to be an extension of the past two seasons. And I think that we're in for a treat and I can't wait for it. I'm excited. Um, and so let's just, you know, let's just get, let's get started here. What, is, what are the Pacers going to be the best at next year? Well, I think one thing that is, that is going to be, um, certain is that they should be very good defensively again. That is what Nate McMillan, head coach, preaches. That's how Nate McMillan stayed in the NBA for 12 years, was his ability to play defense, his ability to work outwork people. And that's what he wants from his team. And I think that is, um, that's a great, those are great ingredients uh, to grow a team from. Hard work, sacrifice, defense, um, I don't know. I guess it's just a way to kind of to make sure your team always has effort. And that's one thing that I've always liked about or that's what I've liked about this Pacers team the past two seasons is the amount of effort that they seem to play with and the and the amount of. Uh, I guess effort, energy. Um, tenacity, maybe a little bit like they, they get after people. Uh, for the most part, they to me that the Pacers have seemed like a team, like a team that's never had as much talent, but they kind of overcome. Uh, they 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 beat teams that have more talent because the Pacers play together and they play a certain way. And what I'm excited about the most for this next season is that the culture is in place, but now we're actually going to have the talent to. Well, we could have the talent to take this team to new heights, um, which we desperately need because we haven't won a playoff series yet uh, with Oladipo. Um, and I think this is the year that that changes. And then the question becomes, well, how far do we go? And that's what I want to look at. So, you know, when you're playing basketball, you got offense, you got defense. I want to take a look at what I think the Pacers do the best, which would be defense. And what's the best case scenario next year with the Indiana Pacers and um, how we play defense? And, and obviously, to me, it starts with the lead, lead, the lead, lead, the league leaders in blocks last year, which was Miles Turner at 20. 22, turn 23, maybe in like May, if I remember correctly. So we're talking about, you know, Miles Turner, 11th, 11th pick of like the 2015 or 2016 draft. And he hit it. He made it, right? I mean, when you're looking at, when you're looking at, when you're thinking about defense, you think about steals and blocks and, and it's not, it's not as easy as just saying, oh, Miles, uh, led the league in blocks, therefore Miles is the best defensive player. 
because that's definitely not true. Um, there's certainly guys, there's other guys that I would rather have, but Miles, by leading the league in blocks, proves that he can block a lot of shots and he can be an elite rim protector, which is what is crucial to having uh, a, a league leading defense. And so when I'm thinking about the Pacers defense next year, what's the best case scenario? Well, it starts there. I think the best case scenario is that our 23-year-old center, Miles Turner, leads the league in blocks again. Now, who knows? Maybe he won't. Maybe he will. But you can't say that there's not a chance. I mean, he led the league when he was 22. He could lead the league when he's 23. So if that's the case, if Turner leads the league in blocks, um, that's a great place to start, I would think. Another great place to start would say, hey, we're going to get Victor Oladipo back. And if you remember Victor Oladipo, one of the things that he did really well besides hit clutch three-pointers to, to win games um, is lockdown def on defense. Victor was an all-defensive team in 2017-2018. Oh, what else did we do? We added Malcolm Brogdon this year, a six-foot-four point guard, shooting guard. Basically, him and Vic are going to be interchangeable next year is the way I, I would see it happening in the last part of the season. Brogdon gets after it defensively. Um, oh, just backing up real quick about Miles, you know, I think he can lead the league in blocks again this year, but if he doesn't lead the league in blocks, that's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Pacers aren't, um, doing the best that they, that they can, because one of my pet peeves with Turner last year was like, he went after everything. He tried to block everything. And, um, on one hand, that was nice because he got a lot of blocks. He got so many blocks, he led the league. But on the other hand, he takes himself out of out of the play um, because he can no longer uh, get a rebound whenever he jumps in the air when the guy shoots it. So if he doesn't get the block and the guy shoots it and misses it, the other team will get the rebound and put it back because we have nobody to rebound. So maybe there's some sort of middle ground there with Turner where he can, you know, maybe he doesn't get quite as many blocks, but he isn't out of position as much, therefore eliminating all the offensive rebounds that the other teams used to always get up, get on us. Another thing that might happen uh, that could help Turner next year is we're, it sounds like we're going to start Sabonis at the four, uh, which I'm definitely cool with. And then you don't forget we got Goga Batatse, the rookie out of uh, Georgia. Big man, big, big man. I think with Sabonis and Goga getting more minutes, basically our big man minutes are going to be big, big man minutes. I mean, Sabonis is 6'11", Turner's 6'11", Goga's probably 7 foot. Um, I think that's really going to help our rebounding next year. And I think that, so last year the Pacers were 22nd in the NBA out of 30 teams in rebounding. Next year, who knows? I mean, I I'd like to see us move up into like, uh, you know, at least the top half of the league, if not... 10 to 12, maybe top eight. I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing numbers out there, but we, I think that was one of the things that kept the Pacers from being a great team last year, besides the fact that we just didn't have a lot of talent and Victor wasn't out there. Uh, but this year, to me, that's one of the things that we need to sure up. It's we, we have to make sure that we become a better rebounding team. And it starts with, I mean, it doesn't start necessarily, but like Turner's a big piece of that. Sabonis is a big piece of that, and Goga is going to be a big piece of that. 
I mean, Sabonis, you know, he averaged like he he probably averaged nine rebounds a game last year on twenty four minutes a game, and so you know you're anticipating that Sabonis is going to get at least like three or four more minutes a game. So he's probably going to be a locked in at a double a double double guy. So he's probably going to get you ten. So I think just the fact that Sabonis is going to play more, and then coming off the bench, we're going to have Goga. That could really help the the Pacers rebounding and make us one of the better rebounding teams in the league rather than one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Uh, best case scenario for the Pacers defense next year, the entire team will buy in to the defensive culture that has already been set by Thad Young, by Nate McMillan, by Victor Oladipo, um, by Bojan. Even though Bojan wasn't a great defender, he hustled his ass off and took a lot of charges. Uh, so I'm directing this towards the new guys like TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb. Um, I love the fact that we brought in TJ McConnell because you know TJ McConnell is going to bring in on defense. Uh, what about the holidays? Aaron and Justin, are they going to bring in on defense? And then Goga, what's Goga going to do on defense? I mean, uh, one of the biggest strengths that Goga has is his ability to be uh, to protect the rim vertically with his seven foot four inch wingspan he can uh block a lot of shots uh one of the things i like about goga which i'm gonna i'm gonna uh get into goga a little bit more here later but he taught he does a lot of talking on defense from what i've heard and from what i've seen on on like uh uh, I, well, I'll just get into it right now. Like I was watching this thing on Goga. It was called EuroLeague Rooks. It was on YouTube, and it was basically like a camera crew following around Goga before the NBA draft this past spring. And uh, so he, they, they were like interviewing him while he was uh, still playing games for his old team. And they interviewed Norris Cole, who won two championships with the Miami Heat back when LeBron was there. So like 2013-14, 15-ish time frame. Norris Cole's a point guard. Well, Norris Cole was on the same team as Goga. And so they they were showing, uh, uh, Norris was talking about Goga, and he was saying, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, the one thing that he has that nobody, like, it's, and, 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 you know, granted, we're talking about in the context of the EuroLeague, but Norris Cole has won two NBA championships and he the, the context there was like Goga's going to the NBA what do you think he can do for the NBA and one of the strengths that Norris brought up was Goga's verticality his his ability to protect the rim just by the sheer fact that he's a, a giant and he has good pay, or he has good timing and he can block a lot of shots so i think that could be a huge huge momentum swing for the Pacers this year uh, defensively because you think about you start with Miles and, and Domas and then when you bring Goga off the bench you're going to be not losing anything potentially when it comes to protecting the paint so we could have Miles as a lead a league leading shot blocker and then maybe Goga comes in you know in his 15 to 24 minutes a game Maybe he averages one and a half or two blocks a game. And it's just like the Pacers always have somebody who can anchor the back and who can protect the rim and uh, who can make it very, very difficult for guys to get to, like when guys get to the lane, make it very difficult on them to get good shots off because they have to 
account for the fact that they're they're going up against a seven foot four wingspan that that wants to put the ball into the stands where I'll be sitting. Uh, so to me, that's 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 really exciting. I'm I'm really excited to see what Goga can do. Uh, but more importantly, how do the new guys buy into the culture? Uh, you, when you think of TJ Warren, the first thing you think of is offense. The dude can get his own shot. Well, he's got a great body, like six eight. Can he can he defend? And I and that's to me something that we're going to find out. And same thing with Jeremy Lamb, six five ish, six six, kind of a long two guard. I think of Jeremy Lamb, I think of getting buckets. And the Pacers desperately needed guys that could get buckets. So even if they don't translate, even if they're the, our two worst defenders, TJ Warren, well, I, it'd be hard to imagine some people being worse than uh, Domas on defense. But let's say Warren and Lamb don't become great defenders. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the world because we didn't bring them in here to be great defenders. We brought them in to get buckets. But... What if they do become great defenders? What if, what if by being on a great team and by being on a culture where defense matters, you know? Because I think that I think just that whole. I don't know. I just I, I look at the roster and I I see like the addition of T.J. McConnell. I think because it was one of those additions that can go, go under the radar because, like, what's T.J. doing right? Like I don't even know if he's gonna play, but he's gonna practice. And one, the only reason why he's in the league is because he practices really hard. And I think that's going to be something that really helps the entire team is having guys like TJ McConnell um, come in and 100% buy in to what Vic and um, Nate McMillan have already created and, and Turner and Sabonis, you know. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, so I, I'm I'm optimistic. I think that everybody's going to buy into this defense first culture, and therefore the Pacers uh, could be extremely extremely good on defense next year, better than they were this past year, where they were um, third overall in defensive rating and first in points allowed per game. That's without Victor Oladipo, who was an All Defensive Team uh, member his his first year in Indiana. So I mean, think about that. Like the Pacers last year. Uh, uh, Vic misses the last 35 games of the season and they still end up third in defensive rating and first in points allowed. So we're talking about a team and a culture that gets after it on the defensive end. That's what keeps them in every single game because nobody just comes out and blows the doors off the Pacers. Uh, next year, it's, it, it, to me, it seems like it could just be better and it could potentially be way better. I think I think the Pacers could have the best defense in the league, not just in points allowed, but also in defensive rating. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about about the Pacers defense and, and the best case scenario is what happens when our all star, when our leader, when Oladipo comes back. Let's just call it January 1st. Let's say Oladipo comes back January 1st and he happens to be 99 percent. Or he has 99 percent of his athletic ability. And he's able to pair with Malcolm Brogdon, and they come up as the best defense in the NBA, defensive backcourt in the NBA. I don't think there's really any question about that, or any arguing, really. Like, I think the Pacers have the potential to have the best defensive backcourt in the NBA. And after I talk about the offense, I want to talk about Oladipo and Brogdon 
and where they rank among backcourts in the NBA because I was surprised at where I ended up pick picking them. But, you know, I'm obviously uh, very, very biased when it comes to that. But I'm excited to see what, what they can do in the backcourt. So with those things in place, you know, Turner is a block champion, uh, more minutes for Sabonis and Goga, huge. Uh, entire team buying into the defense and then locking down the backcourt with Vic and Brogdon. I think that's going to be the best. I think that's the Pacers' best chance at winning an NBA championship. But, you know, not, not even not even winning an NBA championship. Let's say let's say making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Because to me, um, <laughs> excuse me. To me, it's a big leap to say, oh, this team's never won a playoff series, and now they are in the NBA Finals. All right. So what about the offense? What's the offense going to look like paired next to a, a defense that's number one in the NBA? Well, I'll start with um, something that I found very interesting, which was the press conference that Kevin Pritchard and Nate McMillan had at the end of last season. And this was uh, so the, the, the Pacers had uh, got swept by Boston in the first round of the playoffs. Lots of questions about the team going into the offseason. What are we going to do with all these free agents? Um, who are we going to bring back? Who are we going to let walk? And the leadership of the organization talked about changing the strategy offensively. Because that was definitely something that the Pacers were lacking. And I think one of the reasons why they don't get a lot of attention nationally is the fact that they weren't that uh, they weren't very exciting as a team offensively. Oftentimes, especially when Old Depot went out, it was like, "Where are we gonna find a bucket? And how are we gonna score enough points to win a game? Like we know we can play good defense and we can make teams, um, like we can hold teams to way lower uh, averages than what they're used to for the season, but." Where's the offensive coming from? And I think that's what uh, a lot of like the national media or what gets attention is how many guys, like do you have a guy that's averaging 25 points a game or, uh, or, or whatever. But that's not the reason why to get better offensively, but that is something that I think the Pacers were lacking uh, this first, like the, 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 like these last two years was we had good shooting, but we did not have a very potent offense. And that's something that the ownership or not, well, maybe the ownership too, but Kevin Pritchard and Nate McMillan uh, were talking about in the press conference that I was referring to earlier. And, and they mentioned, you know, going into this off season, some of the things that they were looking to do was one to play quicker next year, two, add more three point shooting, three, add guys who can create their own shots Four play a little bit more of a positionless basketball. Um, and so let's look in, let's look at that. You know, what, like, what is, what if that actually happens? I would say um, they probably talked about doing that in May and it is now August. So they've gone through the off season. We lot, we basically, we lost all of our free agents, um, uh, but we were able to add guys that fit 
the things that Kevin Pritchard and Nate McMillan were looking for. And that is very exciting to me because I think that means that the Pacers have a chance to have a much improved offense next year. And so, and so let's, let's just look at it. You know, if we're talking about fielding a team that plays quicker, uh, one of the things that the Pacers, I was looking up last year, the Pacers, uh, they were 24th in the NBA in pace. So they are one of the slowest moving teams, which also helped the fact, it helped the fact that they, it, it helped their defense playing slow because it limits the number of, of, uh, uh, shots for the other team, uh, but it also could be a hindrance on your offense. So they were 24th in pace this year. Uh, leadership says we want to play faster. That means what? Maybe we move up to middle of the pack in the NBA in pace. So what does that mean? That means we get more shots, which means that we score more points. Uh, but that also means that we're going to be putting extra pressure on our defense in that points allowed category. But still, um, with a quicker pace, the Pacers averaged 108 points a game last year. If we increase the pace, plus I think we just have a better team, uh, I would expect to see the Pacers point per game go up to like, I'm going to say 114. And that's just because I was looking at the standings or the uh, rankings last year. And uh, 115 was that magic number where there were only five teams in the league that averaged 115 or more points a game. The lead leaguer, the, I keep saying that, league leader. Yeah, league leader was Milwaukee. They averaged 118 for some context. But So I think the Pacers could maybe get up to like 114, putting them in the top 10 of the league. Um, I think we're going to have, just like last year, we're going to have a very balanced attack when it comes to who scores the points because uh, we got a lot of guys that can get buckets. I mean, I'm looking at... Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Domas Sabonis, TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, all five of those guys I think are pretty much, well, maybe not Jeremy Lamb, and I guess even TJ Warren for that matter. Uh, they're not locks to get to average double figures, but I would anticipate them averaging double figures. And what could be exciting would be like, what's Goga going to do? And what about when Victor comes back? So I think that the Pacers are going to end up having seven guys average double figures. And then right underneath that, and this is where the Pacers are deadly because we got guy, we got guys outside of that top seven who can also fill it up. Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott. What's Sumner going to do? Um, he's probably not going to play a lot, unfortunately. But uh, it's exciting, and I, I'm really looking forward to the – offensively watching this Pacers team compared to last year. Because as much as I love Thad Young and Darren Collison, uh, it's just things dry up. Corey Joseph, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't that much fun. And so I'm hoping this next year is going to be better in that, in that when it comes to playing faster. Um, and those new guys like TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb, you know, they can create their own shots, which is another thing that, that um, Pritchard was talking about. It's like, we got to get guys who can get their own buckets. And that's exactly what those guys can do. Um, looking at playing positionless basketball. Well, Sabonis, it sounds like he's going to move into the starting lineup. Uh, you got TJ Warren. What are you going to do with him? He's probably going to play some three, probably play some four. You got Brogdon and Vic. They're going to be playing one, two. Maybe they play the three every once in a while. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, he could be like a two and a three. Um, 
So that's another thing that'll be different about the Pacers. Like you, you couldn't you like last year. You never could have played Darren Collison at, at the at the two guard or the three guard. Uh, but next year, you know, you could play Brogdon. You could you could you could throw a lineup out there with with Aaron Holiday and and Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon and I don't know. I think I just think the I just think the Pacers have a lot more versatility going into next season than they did this last year with the personnel that's on the team. Um, we definitely have guys who can create their own shots now. T.J. Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Malcolm Brogdon, Aaron, and Justin Holiday. All three, all five of those guys can can put the ball on the floor and, and create some space and get a good shot. Uh, more three point shooting. You know, I think that the team loaded up with three point shooting. Obviously, Brogdon being part of that 50-40-90 club, he shot over 40% last year. We lost Bogdanovich, which hurts, which definitely hurts, and also Collison, for that matter. Very efficient three-point shooting. But I like I like this team better. I, I like, I'd rather have Brogdon. I'd rather have Lamb. I'd rather have TJ Warren. Miles Turner's shown that he can shoot the three. Um, both the Holiday brothers can shoot the three. Doug McDermott can shoot the three. Uh, when Oladipo comes back, he can shoot the three. So the Pacers, and really even Sabonis too can shoot the three. Maybe maybe he'll be have the green light a little bit more this year and feel more confident and just letting it fly. If the whole team is just like, hey, if you're open, shoot it. Maybe, hopefully that's something that Sabonis does. Um, so I, I'll, all these things I think are going to contribute to the Pacers having a much more potent, um, like a much more potent offense. One where it's you you, you can't just you can't just. Uh, Focus on Vic and everybody else you can kind of leave alone. Another thing about the offense next year that, that I'm looking forward to and I hope trickles down to guys like Turner and Sabonis and Oladipo is that I think this team should be much, 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 much improved at the free throw line. Um, that's one of the things that baffled me last year was as the Pacers just missing all those free throws. But uh this year, I think we should have that under control. All right, so with that being said, you know, it's like the offense should be really good. I think the defense has the chance to be number one in the league. That's a pretty good recipe when you put that on top of uh, a team that plays for each other, a team that sacrifices, uh, has good culture, chemistry, I don't know. I like I like those ingredients. I like those ingredients as a Pacer fan. So it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm excited. And what else is going on? So I was going to talk about the backcourt, which I think is going to be one of the best in the league of Brogdon and Oladipo. Um, but. I don't have. I'm gonna. I want to do a little bit more uh, thinking about that one. That might be something good to give a little bit more time on on the next episode. But so I got I got a couple quick hitters here, and then I'm gonna be out of here. Um, so there is some basketball that is being played, and it's the uh, FIBA basketball tournament, which is just all the countries in the world, um, you know, playing a basketball tournament. And the Pacers have a couple guys that are gonna be representing their countries. First is Miles Turner, who is looks like he's going to make the roster for Team USA. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make the roster, but they just trimmed the team from 20 to 17, and Miles is still on the, on the team. A lot of guys 
if you have if you don't follow the NBA very closely, uh, it's a little different. Like the the USA team on non Olympic years is not quite the draw as it is on the Olympic Olympic years. Uh, so you got a lot of guys that that did not or that turned down the opportunity to play, which gives guys like Miles Turner an opportunity to represent Team USA. The that gives him the opportunity to to win a gold medal, and it also gives him the opportunity to. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's like Anthony Anthony Davis isn't on the team, therefore Miles Turner gets to be, uh, but it still creates some separation between like Miles Turner and I don't know, like Wendell Carter Jr. or somebody from Chicago, you know, like, so it, it, it gives, it gives, uh, it gives guys like Miles a chance to, to show that he is, you know, uh, one of the better players in the league and not just an average guy. So I, I think that's, that's good for Miles. He's, he's got a lot of momentum um, after leading the league in blocks last year. Uh, and now making Team USA and getting the opportunity to play for Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr. Uh, if, if Nate McMillan was was going to be on this, uh, but he chose to he chose to step down because of uh, preparations for the Pacers season, which I love. But yeah, I just am, I, I'm excited. I think it's good for Turner to play. And I think he's going to just use this as a springboard into next season. I, th- I think he's getting, getting nothing but, but confidence, you know, uh, going into next year. And hopefully he plays well. I, I'm going to definitely tune in when Team USA plays to, to watch Miles if he makes the roster. And, and then the other guy that's playing for sure is Domas Sabonis. He's playing for Lithuania, his home country. And um, I saw a picture of Domas. He's looking j- 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 jacked. Domas is looking jacked, um, which I guess that's good. I mean, it's better than rather than having skinny arms like me. It's I'd rather have a, a, a huge biceps, and that's looks what looks like what Domas has been doing this off season is just getting huge, uh, which should keep people off the rebounds or keep people off the glass and and keeping those rebounds in for the Pacers. So the FIBA Cup starts here in probably a week or two. It's in China. And so we got Sabonis representing Lithuania, Turner representing Team USA. I haven't been able to tell for sure. I don't think there's anybody else on the Pacers who's playing. Like I was looking at Goga, like does he play for Georgia? But maybe they're not, maybe they don't have a team. Um, So anyways, those two guys are definitely playing. And then that gives me the chance to talk real quick here uh, about the the man, the myth, the legend, Goga Badatse. Um, I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend this YouTube YouTube uh, like episode that I found on Goga. It's called Euroleague Rooks, Rooks like rookies, um, and it's so it's like produced by somebody that follows the Euroleague, which is where Goga played last year. And it's just fall. It's it. Well, I'm, I'm only watched Goga's episode, but he was episode five, so I'm assuming that they have other episodes featuring other players in the EuroLeague who were going to the NBA. And so it was a really cool, it was like 15 or 16 minutes long, and you just got a lot of footage of Goga, a lot of, you know, watching him play video games, watching him hang out with his friends, watching him practice, watching him playing games, listening to him talk about 
going going to the NBA and and how this fulfills his dreams. Uh, just a lot a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of good like behind the scenes type stuff that you don't really uh, stuff that I like to watch, I guess. Um, and so I want to report, you know, on on what I what I saw from this just fifteen minute video, and it just gives me more. Uh, I don't know what's the word like. It kind of reassures some things, like oh, because you know I had that episode of the podcast when the Pacers drafted Goga, where I did my initial kind of like my first look at Goga, and I loved it. I loved everything about the guy. Like I love his attitude. I love his energy. And this video on YouTube that I watched, it, it just reassured everything. It kind of said, yeah, you know, you might be right. Like, he might be this way. Um, obviously, he hasn't played a single minute in the NBA, so he, he, he could suck. He could suck so bad that it'd be funny. But I hope he doesn't. I don't think he's going to suck. Uh, but I've got no experience, you know, evaluating foreign talent. To, to, uh, but he's really good, and he looked really good in this video. One of the things that I thought was... Um, very, very interesting is that he kind of breaks the mold in my head of what I think of like big white European centers. I think of like George Mirosan or um, I don't know, like uh, Sean, well, Sean Bradley was from America, but just like these big towering white dudes playing basketball. You, you, like to me, Goga is not that like I, you're, I'm watching highlights and like the guy is very crafty and very agile and he's got great footwork and, in the post. He's got good pace. He plays with like he catches the ball in the in the in the paint and it's not just like uh, pass it back out. It's like let me hold this for a second. Let me let me let the guard uh, clear the lane, create some more space, maybe give a little pump fake and up and under. He just has great footwork. He had some crafty passes. Um, and then he's just so big. He has a seven foot four wingspan, which is the same as Miles Turner, uh, compared to, to compared to Sabonis, who's like six eleven wingspan. So just massive, covers so much ground with his arms and just his size. Uh, watching this video, you can like see that he when he plays defense, he is loud, and I love that. And I think that's something that's contagious. It, whenever you've got somebody who's yelling and communicating on the defensive end. It makes your defense alert all the time. It makes it. I think it feed. I think everybody will feed off of that, and I think Goga will be that defensive anchor on our second team. And then, I. But I also think maybe he's gonna. I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't know. Is he gonna be better on defense or offense? That'll be. That'll be a question that to 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 figure that I can't wait to see what the answer is to. Or maybe he's great at both. Um, but I love the fact that he was. He's loud on defense and. He communicates, and he knows how important that is. Um, I have a feeling that Goga could really beat up on other teams' uh, big men that come off the bench, because that's what he's. To me, that's where he's probably going to play. Like, uh, if he starts, <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be crazy if Goga starts. Um, but he's he's going to come off the bench. Therefore, he's going to get to play against mostly bench players, and. He's a seven-foot guy that's highly skilled in the post. Uh, I think he could have his way with a lot of post guys, similarly to the way that Domas did last year, where he just comes in and just like bucket after bucket after bucket after rebound, 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 bucket, rebound. That could be what Goga does, and uh, I'm really excited about that. 
another thing that I learned, Goga does not have a driver's license, and he's a fun guy to be around, according to all of his teammates. Um, and just watching the video, he's just very, he just seems like a guy that's got a good heart. He's a guy that you want to root for. Um, they were showing him uh, pre, like at the NBA draft, and I don't know, he must have been like by himself because there was a scene in this uh, in this little episode where he gets in the elevator, he's about to go to the stadium or wherever they're having the draft, and he like takes a selfie of himself to like send back to his family, and it was very, um, I don't know, it was just very endearing to see a guy that like, you know, you work so hard. Who knows what he came from and how hard it was for him to get. It doesn't help, doesn't hurt that he's seven foot, but still, it does. It's it does, just just because you're seven foot doesn't guarantee uh, you get to be a first round draft pick in the NBA. So he obviously uh, puts put a ton of work into his craft, and I don't know. I just I I'm ready for Gogot to be like my favorite player. I think. Um, all right. I just wanted to share that. I would really, really recommend somebody watching that if you have any interest in it. EuroLeague Rooks on YouTube. Type that in. Type in Goga. And uh, it's a good 15-minute watch. So, all right. I think that's what I, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. And sorry if it's a little scattered. That's just kind of what's going on. Not a lot of structure out here. Um, not a lot of structure without the NBA season going on. But doing my best. So, that's a wrap. And thanks, everybody, for checking it out. We are going to be going into the season here shortly. I'm excited. If you can't tell, I'm pretty excited. All right. Peace out. Have a great week. Later.